time for Loud Pipes, the podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from RDub Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located, here's Rich Warfield and Rico Hogan. Loud Pipes, episode 56. We're going to talk about motorcycles new and old in this episode. And we just closed down the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. Let's go ahead and bring in the fellas to my south, Mr. Rico Hogan. How you doing, man? Doing well, my friend. Doing well. How you? Not too bad. Your bandwidth was great until then, and then it just went off the deep end. <laughs> I'm sorry. Little hamsters are getting tired. <laughs> I guess. You got to feed them more. Something. Something. <laughs> awesome. You got a beer down there, my man? I am drinking a rum and coke tonight. All right. Not a beer, but that sounds pretty delicious. It's in a can. At least it's in a can. Now, do you have like the Mexican coke with the real real sugar? Yes. So it's pretty good, actually. Oh, that does sound good. I got to get some of that. Yep. All right. Our technical director and spider riding mileage logging extraordinaire, Mr. John Miracle. How are you, buddy? I'm doing better now. Now I can give my butt a rest. I know. Eh, it was fun giving out the trophy, but we'll get to that. Yeah, that trophy is, is pretty awesome. You got a beer? I do. I'm drinking a Guinness Blonde tonight. What? Wait, what? Serious? Yeah, man. Very nice. Is it in a nitro can or bottle? In the, it's in a bottle. Okay, okay. But it almost tastes like England. No kidding. I gotta try that then. Guinness Blonde Ale, you said. Yeah, it's an American lager. Let's try it. Yeah, man. Need to. Had some up here this weekend. I should have pulled you out one. Okay. Well, I was too busy with that. What was that? Harvest Pumpkin Shandy from Line and Kugel? Yeah, man. Something you like drank a whole six pack on that. Mm-mm-mm. That was good. You gotta get a hold of some of that, Rico. Yeah, I'm hoping that my buddies will hook that up for me when I get there. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> all right. And no surprise, I have All Day IPA from Founders Brewing. Session Ale. In a can. I mean, do you have to ask? No. <laughs> all right, fellas, let's get to it. Quick uh, update on our patrons. We had our monthly production call just last Sunday, or just this past Sunday, rather. And oh, was it a good one. It's it's always a good time, but now that we're getting a couple extra people, um, Chris was able to join us this time and it just round you know, rounded out the seats a little bit more. So we all had a good time sharing our experiences and of course we kind of made it like a real production call. So kinda thank Rico for setting us on track for this one. We we really did take feedback and we take that stuff to heart and we try to improve each and every episode. And then we give uh, give the patrons a little inside info as to what we have coming up in the future. So another good call. Amazing as always. Just wanted to shout out real quick and thank our patrons. Yes. Thank you, guys. Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. We just ended a one-hour live stream. So if you were listening to that, thanks for joining us. We handed over the trophy to the Throttled Podcast. So I want to congratulate Kevin and Larry officially on our show for winning the challenge and they will uh, enjoy that trophy it is a beast 
Yes, they will. So Rico, that Rico was that? That's not your first peek at it, was it? I saw glimpses of it. I think it may have been in pieces before we put it together. But yeah, it, it looks amazing. Very well done. Big thanks to John and, and his wife, Natalie, for all the hard work on that, getting the, the donated parts, getting it all welded together, the base, the plaques, the engraving. I could go on and on. So I can't thank you two enough for, for all your work and dedication to the challenge. Hey, no problem. I've really enjoyed doing it. And, and I think the trophy is pretty sweet. And I think everybody's going to really enjoy it when they see it. So, Indeed. So, yeah, if, we may be releasing that as an episode. So check that in the feed if you haven't seen it already. If you want to hear our, our little roundtable for celebrating the winner. Yeah. All right. Motorcycles new and old. Should we start with the new ones? Yeah, man. Let's talk about the new ones. New topics. All right. While I was up to John's over the last couple of days, I had the opportunity to test ride a couple different motorcycles. And as everyone is aware, I have sort of become fond of Yamaha's FJ09. And I figured I owe it to myself to try some of the competition. So we went to a place called Garcia Motors. Do I have that right, John? Is this Garcia Motors? Yep, that is correct. And they are a premium dealer in the Raleigh area. So they have BMW, Ducati, KTM, you know, this type of hardware. So a couple Indian. of... They're going to be Indian soon, yep. And they're going to have a grand opening here uh, later in, in September or I think in October. October, they're changing the whole building and it's going to look awesome, I think. Yeah, lots of construction going on. There's bikes sort of jammed up everywhere. It's kind of a mess right now, but it's a cool place. Cool guys over there. Um, we want to give them a shout out and thanks for all their help as well. But let's get into the hardware a little bit. So FJ09, as you guys are aware, sport touring. Wouldn't we say? We all agree. Sport touring bike? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's natural competitor in the wild, maybe something like Ducati's Multistrada, perhaps? Would you agree, Rico? Yeah. You probably can stay in the gears a little longer, but go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So that's the first one. I got a chance to ride Ducati's Multistrada 1200S, and it wasn't that great. And I think that's pretty much all I need to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, Rico. You're going to have to. Uh, <laughs> He's like, you can't little, stop there. I know. You got to give me a little bit more. What didn't you like about it? <laughs> no power. Well, the power plant, as, as you described, is not something I'm used to riding. So I'm thinking, okay, twin, going to be torquey. Mm, not so much. You know, a little, little lumpy off the line, was, didn't really get after it right off the line. But once you crossed, say, around 5,000, 6,000 RPM, then it came to life, and then the revs came on quickly, and you really got a nice shot in the backside. But off the line, not really what I was expecting from a twin. And, and I think that's kind of what you were feeling with the Enduro, where you felt you were never in the right gear. Yeah. So... Yeah, I found that that power plant just, it just wanted you to wring its neck all the time. Otherwise, it just, to me, it didn't seem to be, didn't seem to be all that spirited. Certainly not down low. By the time you hit the power band, you have to downshift 
take a turn. And it was just this constant back and forth. And I, I think that's what I was trying to convey in our episode when we talked about it. And it, it was just, it was just tough, you know, it, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I, I won't rant on about it. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. Let me first give give a proper thanks to um to Kaz Casbaro. He was the sales manager who rode with me on this bike and the other one I'm going to talk about in a second. And also sales manager Greg Murphy. And like I said, this is up at Garcia Moto in Raleigh, uh, where we did these test rides. Now, some other things, Rico. I didn't really enjoy. I felt like I was falling off the seat. It just kind of leaned forward as if someone picked up the back of the bike about a foot too high and pushed you forward yeah like it's just trying to tip me off the front of the bike and it just kept slamming me into the tank yep and you know i hit the brakes the front end dove what seemed like about a foot and a half and i was like whoa that's that's not very settling in a corner (laughs) yeah (laughs) and just I, i don't know man i don't know if the bike had a ton of miles on it it was a demo bike I should have looked at that, but it just, to me, it was totally not my thing. I'm like, I don't like the feel of this one bit. And yeah. to give you a little info, the other bike I rode, we swapped at the um, the gas station. We had to put some gas in the, the Ducati. And um, the sales manager, Kaz, he says, you know, do you want to keep riding at it or do you want to swap? So I figured, yeah, let's swap. Let's get the good back-to-back. You can ask John. I didn't get a mile, and I was like, I want off this thing. I'm done. I'm done with this thing. <laughs> now, okay, so what <laughs> mode were in? I have no idea. I have no idea. I didn't even fiddle with it. I was that put off by it. Uh, yeah. You can just scratch that one off the list. I gave it a little a little bit of a long of a ride, and I think I gave it more of a chance, I guess what I'm trying to say. Um, just getting used to the front end, being, being forward a little bit, and mm-hmm. having to the corners and i took i took this back road i think i kind of told you guys the roads that i took these back roads were pretty twisty they were kind of hairpinny you know some incline some decline so i was really able to kind of put the bike through its paces and just like you said you had to get used to the feel of the bike it wasn't really inspiring uh confident inspiring uh, and a lot of the turns until you got used to how the bike was going to take the turns. So there was a, a lot of uncertainty of how fast I could go, how fast I can come out of the turns. Agree. Gear shifting thing. It was it, it was a hot mess. And I, and I contributed to, you know, that's just how Ducati's, this type of bike, this hollows Ducati's just kind of operate. Even with the Monster, you sit on the front wheel, you know, the, you don't have a strong power band. You know, yep. it's just it's just a mess. <laughs> now, one one more gripe, and then I'll get to one thing I did like is every time I shifted a gear, I would f- hit the flash to pass button. So every time I shifted, they, you know, the salesperson was like, he's looking in his mirror because I'm blinking the lights at him. It was just the position of that switch. Every time I shifted, it was like blink, blink <laughs> with the headlights. Wow. But so that was kind of weird. Yeah, the Urkos were kind of. It just wasn't my thing. I mean, I, I don't want to belittle it, but it just wasn't my thing. So, like, you know, in the sport touring family, I think the Multistrada is going to get crossed, you know, unless I fall in love with the Enduro version of it. I was following him in the car. We were chatting uh, via phone. And as soon as he got there, I heard him say, I went off this thing bad. Yeah. 
He now, was like, I went off this. Now, one thing I enjoyed, and I'll, I'll try to get a sound clip of it, is that engine does make a nice noise. Like I said, once you go over 5,000 and it's twisting between 5 and 10, oh, baby, is that a beautiful noise. <laughs> yes, it is. Now, that was pleasing. But like I said, then you come into a corner, especially if you need to get on the brake a little bit. Very unsettling to have the front end dive that much before it, it sort of figures out, okay, I'm going to go around the corner. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. All right. So there's another reason why I didn't like this bike. And that's because the bike I rode first was head, shoulders, waist, legs, and feet above the Multistrada. <laughs> and I have to give you a little setup for the bike. So hold yeah. for a second. The neat thing about a V4 is, you know, you get all the torque of a twin, um, but you get the smoothness of a multi-cylinder. Right. So you right. kind of get both. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at 125, 126, 127 foot-pounds, yeah. there's not much that can touch it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean... And then the growl, too. <laughs> and it's got that sound. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you so bitch. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> I rode the Modus, baby. Oh, you suck. I rode the MST and it was red. Bright friggin' red. Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) So so first off, Rico, to kind of add this into the show, sorry we've held it from you. I've had to make Rich hold his tongue for the last about 48 hours. He's so bitch. <laughs> and he wanted to squeal it, but I thought that would be better for the surprise. Oh. oh. So now I'll let you get, re- he can give you the information about the lovely Modus. Uh, All right, give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Hold I'll, on. I'll give the backstory. You take a minute. <laughs> I first discovered this bike, and we talked about it on episode four of Loud Pipes. Four. And then, yes, episode four, single digit. And then. Rico gets down to Birmingham. He, of course, bumps into Lee Khan, who's the president, and he gets a nice little factory tour and he gets a nice interview. That was episode 20, correct, John? It was 20, right? Let me double check it. I think 19 was Alex from Eat Sleep Ride, and I think 20 was Lee. Yeah, give me a second. So we've been looking at this bike and drooling over it for two years. And when when we were in Barber last year, we had a slot to ride this thing, but we were a couple hours away from Barbara already, headed home. So we passed on it, and we've just been kind of waiting. And then finally, I think it was May, Rico, you sent me the email where Moda said, hey, all the dealers now have demo bikes. Stop by and get a ride. And as I was planning to go up to John's, I don't know if he mentioned it first or I mentioned it first, but he's like, you know, they have Modus up here. I was like, oh, man, you're right. So. We strolled on over to Garcia Motors, or Garcia Moto, I'm sorry, and I walk, you know, walked in, talked to, like I said, talked to Greg Murphy, who was an amazing gentleman, I have to say. He was all by himself for a while. He still took a minute to help us out, and you know, I told him about the show. I told him I'm, I'm shopping for a sport touring bike, and he's like, he's like, well, we got the Modus. I'm like, I know, and I want to ride it. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> And he said they have a demo bike of it. Yeah, he's like, we have a demo bike. You want to ride it? And I was shaking, Rico, shaking. 
Oh, so nervous. Oh, okay. So now, okay, now you. Okay, are you done telling all that? That the nice. No, it gets better. So then, okay. I, then I then I hook up with Kaz, who's going to ride with me, and he's fairly new to the dealership. So he says, "Yeah, I." He's like, "I need to ride this bike as well because I'm getting up to speed with the bikes." But I'm, I'll take something else and we'll swap. It's like, what do you want? I was like, oh, yeah, the Multistrada. Let's do that. I'm thinking two birds, one stone, right? Right. So I start out on the Modus. And uh, I, don't, I don't even know where to begin. It's like, it's sitting there running. It's idling in front of John's car. My hands are shaking. I'm like, okay, you're going to throw a leg over this thing. All right, get ready, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't get your pants leg stuck on the foot peg, did you? <laughs> no, I, did, I didn't try to crash it like I did the live wire. <laughs> but, okay. oh, brother, it's just sitting there purring away. I'm kind of looking at the controls. I'm looking over all the details. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's, look at that. Olin's forks. Oh, look at them Brembos. Oh, baby, look at that. And the the levers, the front brake and clutch levers are like uh-huh. a work of art. Just those two pieces alone are like a work of art. And you're just sitting there sucking in all this detail. And it's gorgeous red. It had 30 miles on it, Rico. I was probably the second person to ride it. <laughs> really? You're killing me. I got to send you a picture of the rear tire because when John and I saw it on the showroom floor, the tires looked like they had not even been rolled on the street. Oh. So you can see exactly how far I leaned it right up to the lettering where it says angel d angel gt baby nice (laughs) so awesome oh man is that a good bike rico oh man okay did you get get, uh sound bites or anything video well that's the part of the problem what whoa (laughs) what seriously well i did get video i had a gopro with me but i had the wrong housing to do the external mic and I had limited time to get it done because we had other things to do. So the audio might not be great. It's just the GoPro camera in the waterproof housing. Okay. So we'll see. And then I hooked up with John over the center and made a phone call. And then Natalie recorded the call. Nice. So he kind of hear me going gaga over it and maybe a little bit of the bike, but probably not. No, you heard more of my car. You hear more of the WRX, yeah. Uh, so, okay, so tell me, okay, once you threw your leg over, how did it feel between your legs? I mean, was it high? Were you on your tippy toes, flat-footed? How did it feel? It's pretty tall. So when you, you'll see the pictures that my legs are fully extended, but I am flat-footed, but okay. there's no more. Like, it couldn't be two centimeters higher, or I wouldn't be flat-footed. So it halts. Hmm? How, how tall are you, by the way? I don't know, five ten, five eleven. I'm just short of six foot. Okay. So, so I could flat foot it, but like I said, no, no more. You you wouldn't want even two clicks of preload in the back of it, <laughs> <laughs> or that'd be too much. the The seat was nice. I believe it's a sergeant seat that was very comfortable. If only the bars were a little taller. Now this one didn't have those nice adjustable bars that they offer. So it was a fixed position. And if the bars were maybe an inch and a half higher and maybe an inch back, it would have been beautiful. But as, as it was set up, it was a little too far out of my reach. So I had to lean forward a little more than I would have liked to be as comfortable as I was on the FJ. Okay. But so I tried it 
So what I did is I just took and I held the bars by my fingertips and then just sort of set up, set back a little bit. And it was like, okay, yeah, get these bars up a little bit, a little bit back towards me. Money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but, so I had to ride it just in a little bit more of an aggressive position than I would be comfortable with, you know, for more than just a sprint around the block kind of thing. Okay. So tell me about the first gear. Once you started to pull out, mm. what was that like? No, 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 no very yet. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell me first about missing a gear? Oh, well, that happened later, but <laughs> the power, come, it, it's such a savage beast. Like the power comes on so hard. I missed a gear, and then when I got into the next gear, I still almost run the guy over in front of me. Uh, I had picked up so much speed in first gear. <laughs> nice. But yeah, it's... Okay, so if anyone's watched Jay Leno's video, Jay Leno's Garage, they had Modus on recently, and a lot of what he said is, is what I was feeling, so I'm not going to echo any of that stuff. But what I will say is the, the torque of this thing off the line is mind bending. Just how much is there from the get go? Pretty much any gear, any RPM range you twist and go. I mean, I, I shift, I shifted from, I was either in second, second to third and I held it wide open and I, I picked the front wheel for a second, Nice. but I, I wasn't at a high speed when I got into it. So I was fairly low in the rev range. Mm hmm. I was like, oh my goodness, the front end just came up on this thing. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Because I was in, I think I was in like third gear, like 50. What? I'm like, oh yeah, baby. And it just, it just pulls like a locomotive. There's no other way to describe the torque. You ask and it delivers. It's like that. It's like a Tesla. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Feels like an electric motor. Exactly. Wow. That is until you hit 5,000. And then it sings the song of a V8. I swear it sounds like a V8 once you pass 5,000. Shut up. I wailed on it a couple of times, and I'm just, all I can hear is a Corvette C7R screaming down the long straight at Lamar. You know, like, oh, I'm like, it. listen to this thing. That's amazing. Ugh. So now you know why I got on the Multistrada, and I was like, pfft. This thing out yeah. of here. Get this out of here. <laughs> I got go kart. Uh, okay, so how were the brakes? Well, that that was one of the big differences between the you know the first say fifteen, twelve, fifteen miles on the Modus, and then switching to the Multistrada is everything was so linear. I mean, precisely how much throttle you gave it is how much power you got. And the same thing with the braking. Just whatever you think you need, you pull it in, that's what you get. You need a little more, you pull it a little more, and you get precisely a little more. And it doesn't dive, it doesn't squirm, it's just brake, okay, there we go. And that was the only way I could describe it, and that's how I was telling John on the phone, was the power delivery and the braking is so linear and so planted in the corner. I had all the confidence in the world that I could just bury this into a corner and go right around, even after only ridden 10 miles, 12 miles. Wow. Felt really good. Wow. 
So, so. so Rico, we got to get you on the list at Barber to take a spin. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got to call or email Lee <laughs> real soon here and say, hey, I need to get in that first sheet. You know, for real. All right. So, so the instrument cluster, uh, the, the speedometer, all that was that easy to see. And tell me, tell me a little bit about that. It, it was pretty cool, but th- there's a lot of information in it. And I, I know you saw it at the factory, but there's a lot of text on it, which I thought was surprising. And, and one of the things that always startled me was every time I turned the turn signals on, because there was these indicators at the top that had the left and right arrows. But then down in the bottom, in the center of the screen, there was this like yellow glowing orb that said, your turn signal's on. Like, yeah, I know that. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for the tip. Yeah. But, you know, seeing a yellow flashing light on an instrument cluster, I'm thinking, oh dear, what just yeah. happened to this thing? And then I had to actually read the text on it to see, oh, your turn signal's on. Okay. Yeah. Great. I'll turn it off. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so that, that kind of startled me. And I was like, wow, what is, what is that? Oh, so that, I don't know. I don't know how big of a deal that is, but it just, you know, flashing yellow light just caught my eye and I kind of panicked for a second. You know, because these bikes are, you know, 30,000 plus. The clutch, how is the friction point on the clutch? Was it on par? You have to give it much clutch to get it going? No, it was good. It was maybe, uh, maybe a third to a half the way of the lever. And again, you know, brand new bike, I'm sure that can all be adjusted, but it was, it was very comfortable for me. It wasn't, it wasn't too soon. It wasn't really late. It was just right there. And again, very smooth in the way that the clutch delivered its power. You know, it didn't grab or anything. It just smoothly engaged and off you went. And the footprint position, where was it? Right below you, in front of you, behind you? It was mostly right below. If I, if I had to lean it in one direction, I would say maybe just a skosh behind you but it's pretty much right under right under your butt mm-hmm. but the, was, um, uh, the, the only thing i was going to say about the shifting is you know oftentimes with the new bikes i've heard a lot of reviewers talk about this that first to second transition can be tough and finding neutral and all that so i had a couple times where i had a hard time finding neutral and i did miss a, a one-two shift once so so i had some of that i don't know if that's just new bike stuff but that was my only gripe with the shifting. Blame it on the rider. <laughs> I'll take the blame for that one. The Modus is still fantastic. <laughs> now, did that one have the carbon fiber wheel wheels on it? No, this was an MST. Okay. Yep. So the you know the aluminum wheels. Uh, I think they're titanium exhaust with carbon tips. They're not the full carbon. But they said that. They had a black MSTR that was already sold. Nice. So that's correct, Rich. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. It was cool to have John there too, and and Natalie to kind of calm me down and do some of the filming. It was. <laughs> I'm not sure how much he he really noticed, but man, I was just trembling. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to ride the Modus. I, I didn't see you really trembling. You're holding it together. It was all, I think, uh, under your underneath and yeah i mean shout out to them again they're pretty awesome and and hopefully we got some contacts they want some here to show so yeah absolutely and you got to go up there to that grand opening john that looks like an awesome building when they're done 
Yeah, I'll, I'll send you some uh, pictures. And and since we're sitting here talking about some new bikes, uh, when I had to go back because uh, somebody forgot their uh, license at the dealership. <laughs> Oops. I went back and re- and Rico, I saw a 2017 black and white Roadmaster sitting huh? that they saw. It looks uh, sweet, man. It, uh, yeah, that's a sweet color. Uh, Almost. No, I don't wish I would have waited. <laughs> I, I love my bike. <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm sorry I didn't get a good look at the new nav screen on the Indian because once I saw Modus and I, once I saw the Modus and realized I was going to get a chance to ride it, there was yeah. nothing else in that showroom that mattered. Yeah, nothing. Was, nothing. That would have been me too. That would have been me. Indian what? Indian who? Indian who? Yeah. But yeah. um. Uh, okay, so Rich, so uh, if you were to get a Modus, what would be the first thing you would add on or change on the bike? Well, if it didn't have the adjustable bars, I'd have to do that first because the the fixed bar on this one didn't work for me. Like I said, that's a little too aggressive for for how I want to ride something on a regular basis or on a long trip. You know, in a sporting position, it's perfectly fine. But I felt myself having to scooch forward in the seat too much. And then I was sitting in the narrowest part of the seat, which wasn't the most comfortable. If I could sit back into the wider part of the seat, it was very comfortable. But where the bars were, I just I just couldn't get there. So that was the only... That was the only knock on the ergonomics, and like I said, I know they have a solution for it, so you know I don't really want to take too many points off for that, but just as the bike was configured, it, it wasn't the best position for me, you know, unless I'm going to go into the canyons or something, or, or take it to a track or something, you know, where you're going to be in the most, you know, sporting position. Right, so you don't have monkey arms with those really long arms, so they got it. Uh, yeah, from my height, my arms are short. That is correct. <laughs> I have a lot of height in the torso. Right, right. So the next, my next question. So, was it a the tank? Was it a wide tank, narrow tank? How did the tank feel between your legs? No, not not very wide at all. And the interesting thing is, the bike overall feels quite compact, and. I remember when you first had your sit down with with Lee, he was talking about the overall length and how it's not as big as like the FJR, but it's also not as small as like like a super sport bike. It's somewhere in the middle, but it is it is quite a tidy package, I must say, in terms of it not feeling like this enormous monster of a bike. Other than that, <laughs> bad boy V four between your legs. <laughs> now right. that feels like a monster. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you've got that side to side rock like you experienced with the Guzzi. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're sitting there to light and you get into the throttle in neutral, you get that side to side rock just a touch because nice. of the way the, the crank is positioned. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's that little piece to get used to. But once you're under power, it, it disappears. At least it did for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, you just have to get used to the personality of the bike, and once you know it, yeah. I mean that you don't even recognize it anymore. So that's awesome. Yeah, I the thing that struck me the most was how special it felt, and I'm, I'm not just saying that because we're we're like fanboys of it and we've been following it for two years, but just as we're riding along on the side road, it was a little bit of traffic, so we didn't really go that fast. We might have got up to sixty a time or two. 
So there was plenty of time to look things over. And like I said, you look down at the forks, you know, those nice Olin's forks, and you see all the detail on the top of them. And like I said, the machining and the detail just in the levers and just everything on it is just finished to perfection. And you just get the feel that you're riding. Almost the feeling that I imagine you would get from from driving a supercar, like a million dollar supercar, where everything is just polished and made to perfection. That's that's kind of what it felt like. It's like this is really a special bike. Every fastener and piece on this thing is just stunning. And it like I said, it was bright red, so it looked gorgeous in the sun. Did you realize or did you hear the chain at all? No, I did not. I was kind of listening out for that because I knew it was chain drive, as was the Multistrada, as is the um the FJ09. They're all chain drive and I, I couldn't hear the chain on any of them, to be honest. Cool, cool. And did you get any special looks or anything on this bike? I don't know. I wasn't looking at anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at nobody except the road and that bike. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, really a, a special piece. So um, I'm glad I did it. You know, hats off to Modus. They put together a fantastic motorcycle and I really hope they sell a ton of these and, and make more. Oh, one more question. The suspension, rear suspension, how did that feel on your back? Uh, pretty good, but we didn't get, didn't get much variation in the road. There wasn't a lot of bumps to really shake it out. Okay. So I did, you know, a couple of bad spots in the road, but I didn't notice anything jarring, but I don't know that there was any bumps that would have been that bad anyway. So I, I guess the jury's out on that one. I'd have to get it on some rougher pavement. All right. But it was, I would say it had that feeling more like the FJ09 where it was firm, but it had a fair amount of travel to it. But this was, this was controlled in a way that Yamaha can probably only dream of just in the way that, you know, it felt like it was on a cable being pulled through the corner. Just, I, I mean, I felt I could tell what the, tires were doing exactly just the feedback was amazing i've not felt that on a bike before really (laughs) yeah and i leaned it over quite a ways wait till you see this picture no for the the little roads we had and they weren't really that twisty Uh uh-huh you got it over pretty far huh i think you'll be impressed especially for a a cruiser guy (laughs) right Who's, who's just learning to take turns for the first time. <laughs> Come on, baby. Come on. Turn, turn. Awesome. Wow. Man, well, well, congrats, I guess, because that's, that's awesome. And I'm so jealous. I know. I'm sorry, brother. I wanted to text you like while we were at the dealership, and John is like, you know, we need Rico's raw you know, response to this. So, so try to hold it. So my tongue is very sore for a couple of days of trying to bite it. I'm sorry, no. Rico. I'm sorry. No. no, I'm glad you did because this, this was like just a while. You know, that's all I can think of. I can just imagine uh, uh, seeing him being all excited. I know I would be just ecstatic. Just, okay, I'm about to ride this thing. I'll be just like you, which kind of shaking, jittery. Uh, uh, about to ride this thing. So, wow, kudos to you. And wow, I'm so jealous. I can't wait to ride it now. 
All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you a little taste of how cool it is. I'm going to text you a photo right now since I haven't been able to do it for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you can look on your phone while you're recording, yeah. but. Okay. There's, so, there's the proof. <laughs> you said there's proof now. <laughs> well, hang on. I got a better picture. I got to send Rico. The, what, the one going down the road? Uh, no, I don't have that one. So, so we're gonna have to put these pictures out on the website for our listening listeners as well. Oh, for sure, yeah. Oh, look at that thing! Isn't that gorgeous? Oh, look at it! Even without the red valve covers, she's still gorgeous. Still a sexy thing. Holy cow! Look at it. Just tint that front windshield. And there you go. Yeah, I I wanted to, I tried to get a highway stint out of them because I was like, I'd really like to feel if there's any buffeting off of this thing. So I will say at around 60, I didn't notice it. But as you know, we tracked down the highway a good bit faster than that. So I would really like to have had it out at around 80, 85 just to see what that little windscreen is like, which we didn't, we didn't adjust at all. Whatever it was set at, I don't know if it was up or down, but wherever it was, we just left it. Uh-huh. So it's like I said, we didn't have much time, so. So this one didn't have the saddlebags on the side. Not mounted. It had the mounts on it, but the bags were not on it. So I couldn't check the, the fitment. So, 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 Rico, I just sent you a picture as well. What about me? You already got them. You know what they look like. <laughs> oh, wow. Look how far you got over, dude. What? Is that good? I, didn't, I was like, yeah, there's more there, I guess. There's more, but wow, for you, that's amazing. <laughs> so the way the tire looks there where it says Angel GT, right? the whole tire looked like that when we rolled it out of the showroom floor. It was just all glazed, mm. like brand new tire. So you scuffed it up a little bit. There's still some more room there, but I'm sure the road wouldn't allow you to get there. So Yeah, it wasn't very sharp. And like I said, we only got, that was probably like 55. I don't know, it was like a slight bend. It, it really wasn't that sharp. And there wasn't many right. like back and forth. It was like one here and then one there. Mm-hmm. Still fun though. Hmm. That's awesome. Dude, well, congratulations on that. That's, ugh, I just, ugh, I can't wait to write it down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Rich. Yes, sir. If you guys are done Googling, shall we give a couple minutes on what else we did this past weekend? Um, let's see. Do I want to talk more about the MST? I mean, I do, but you know, it's late <laughs> and all. Well, well, I, I'll, I'll let me put a, a pin in it just, and then we'll move on. So the way I'm looking at this now, um, like I was telling John, a couple of things have sort of sharpened in focus a bit. I, I think a sport touring bike is in my future. That's, Number one, that's becoming more clear. And, well, maybe there's three things. <laughs> <laughs> the second thing is, um, the Modus MST is good enough to make me want to save to get one. How, wow. However, I think the FJ09 will still scratch the itch, and I can come back to this later. Because I think... When you add cost into it, when you add the sticker price of an FJ09 into the equation, 
I hate to say it, but it hammers this thing even. Because you're talking about $20,000 more. I'm not 20000 for the bike. 20000 more. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not 20000 more motorcycle there. I'm sorry. There's probably not. Uh-huh. Now, emotionally, would I buy it? Oh, heck yes. Every day. And twice on Sunday. <laughs> but my current budget says, you know, you'd be a fool to save your money for this for three years when you could buy an FJ09 tomorrow and ride the heck out of it for the next three years and then see where you're at. Right. So, yeah, if I had the money, done deal. This baby would be in the garage. But I don't. So we're back to, you know, what's about ten, twelve thousand dollars going to get you? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that that's my pin in it. I think it's worth the money. I, I really think it's worth the money for what you're getting. Such so low volume. It's handmade. It's beyond unique. It's beyond good to ride. It's just. It's hard to put into words, even for me. But, you know, if you don't have 30, then it's kind of a non-starter. Right. Unfortunately. Right, right, right. Okay, John, you can proceed. <laughs> so, okay, y'all good. So kind of going, we'll, we'll just touch on this little topic for a little bit. Nothing, we won't go into details, I think, Rich. I think we should just, you know, um, before I do that, Night Jebby, it's been great for you hanging out. And uh, sure, we'll check with you tomorrow on Patreon. So, or in Slack, I should say, part of our Patreon perk. Um, back to our little topic. We'll we'll touch on the little topic a little bit, and then we'll save it for down the road interview. But um, Rich and I walked into Metal Gentleman. We walked into his shop, and he wanted to show us some bikes that he has. And walk in, and he has a first bike he shows us is his current bike of a 2003 Harley Ultra. I think correct, Rich. Electroglide Ultra Classic. Ah, there you go. Sorry about that. <laughs> Roughly. And then, yeah. And then he had two bikes sitting next to it that were, one was a 1958 Harley. And I don't remember. And then the other one was a 1965 head FLH. Yep. And that was the, to give a little information, that one was a the last year of the Panhead, first year of Electric Start. And he offered it to me for nineteen grand, Rico. What? Or there for sale? Yep. Really? Yeah. Right, got, I've got video of it. You already saw it in Slack, did you not? I have not. I was away from the Wi-Fi. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll have to look at that later after the show. I'll pin some more, but so All right. we're we're gonna like John said, we're gonna get with this gentleman in the future. Uh, we kind of went there to do an interview. Turns out more of a pre-interview, but. Let me let me run down the hardware for you, Rico. And this is something we're going to talk about in the future with him. We'll set up either uh, an audio interview, or we might even take some cameras and do a nice uh, show, like we did with um, with Ms. Aaron Shaw. So, the first bike we looked at a forty-seven Indian. Forty-seven. Yeah. Now that one was unfortunately one he had an accident on, but it's still there in its accident condition, and it'll be repaired someday. Uh-huh. Now, I don't have the models. I pretty much just have the years on these. The The next one down um, was a Harley, was a 1934 chassis with a 46 engine. 
And then there was a 1939 Harley. And again, like I said, I don't remember the model numbers. I have that in a different sheet. Then there was a 46 Harley last year of the Knucklehead. I rounded out the list with a 1976 Goldwing, uh, or actually a GL uh, 1000 Goldwing, like the one we were going to customize. I thought it was, no, I think that was a 78 Goldwing, Jimmy, or um, Rich. Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. No, it was a 76, because remember that was the first year of the change in the Jets that he was talking about? Where Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You need to solder them up and drill a smaller hole kind of thing. That, that's correct. Yeah. And then the other bike was was a 1976 uh, Triumph um, Bonneville. Classic 750. Sitting there. With less than 20,000 miles on it, I believe. What? Yes, that is correct. Beautiful bikes. I We've got pictures of them um, that we can share internally, not necessarily for public consumption yet. Um, but we can share some of those internally for now. And like I said, we're trying to set up either an audio or video or both uh, in the future. Yeah, and then the other thing is, is he's currently in the process of building a 1930s uh, frame bike with a uh, shovel head engine. So he's kind of making one that you can ride. You know, it's going to look really old and vintage, but it'll have like a 60s shovel head in it. Wow, that's cool as hell. Yeah, really cool guy. Lots of nice vintage bikes. Um, plenty of good connections, too, in the vintage industry. So we've got some names and contacts for Barber. And this should be a good Barber, for sure. It would. I'm going to be busy. We're going to be busy, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you better get your walking shoes on. All right. All right. So, Rich, shall we hit the U-turn? Let's do the U-turn. Well, since our show is driven by our patrons, uh, largely, so if they are asking for something, then that's, of course, one thing we want to deliver. So on our monthly production call, um, Marcus put out there that we forgot to close the loop on Scully. And that's my oversight. We had it on the list for, I think, the last two or three shows, and it kept getting punted. But we talked about Scully. Now, John, help me with the numbers. It was episode 40. Oh. When we had oh. Kevin on from Throttled, and we talked about helmets and helmet tech. And I think that's about right. I think that was 40. To. And we led off the conversation with Scully, and this was a you know augmented reality helmet um, that sort of had a camera in the back of it, like a 270-degree view or so, if I remember the specs. And just sort of to give you more information, give you a little display in front of you, put up some additional information. Um, just, I guess, a smart helmet, right, for the lack of a better term. Correction is 41. 41, okay. 40 was uh, Matthew Williams? Yeah. Again? Okay. Uh, he did gears and kind of custom and more riding planning. Yeah, so if you want to hear one of our earlier forays into the Scully and, and sort of helmet technology, check out... Uh, loudpipes.net slash 41. And you'll also hear the Motorcycle Podcast Challenge winner, Kevin McKinney, on that episode as well. So <laughs> check that one out. So what do we got here, John? They're, they've shut down. They've closed doors. It's yeah. over. They're no longer a company. And it gets worse, does it not? Yeah, they're following Chapter 7, and the bookkeeper came out and officially announced of how the 
owners misuse the company's funds for their private uh, functions and doing things. Uh, one rented the Lamborghini for a weekend. Nice. Uh, went to a strip club, limos, uh, rented ho- expensive apartments in in San Francisco area. Um, just oh, allegedly, let's add that there. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> um, so there's a whole. We can put links in it. There's a whole list of the articles talking about what they did. Um, they did stuff with buying. Went out and bought grocery bills, and they used their the personal the company's Amex card, and they bought personal technology and. And the payout to a former co-founder of Scully was made. Mm. So there's a whole list of um, stuff that they did. One of trips around the world and just you know all that stuff. But the, it's too bad. I mean, I, they hit the lottery, did they? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they did for a short time, anyway. Right. You know, it's it's funny. Before I bought my is it RF twelve hundred, John? That is correct. My my new showy helmet which I can't wait for, I should have in two weeks. All right, two weeks, you might hear something. Oh. Um, before I bought that beautiful showy helmet, I, you know, I was actually considering something like this and, and even thought about Scully for a second. You know, the more I thought about it, I was like, well, I, I am sort of a tech guy. I like tech. I have an Apple watch and, you know, all other gadgets and stuff like that. I was like, why not, why not try it, right? Let's, let's dive in and you know, blaze a trail, be one of the first people to get one of these. And I don't know what it was. I just sort of paused for a second and I'm like, ah, $2,000, that's a lot of money. Kind of like to get a new bike. Yes, I need a new helmet, but I don't need to spend $2,000. And I just paused. And then, like I said, then I decided to do something interesting. So I just bought a plain helmet. And boy, am I glad that I didn't (laughs) plop any money down for one of these. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, uh, one of the cool things I found uh, open there is uh, looks like Fuse AR. I think that's how you want to call it, Fuser AR uh, company. There's a link that said they're um, another company that's doing some. They're still working on it. Uh, no, they are um, have some technology with uh, NAT or heads up display, and they're offering up. Um, they officially announced a Scully owners stimulus program where they're going to help. If you bought one from Scully, they're going to help, you know, give you credit towards one of their products. Oh, that's nice. That's cool yeah, stuff. Nice. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole article about it and what they can offer up to do it. So there's a link in our show notes about it that I found that they announced. So that was kind of neat, I thought. Oh, yeah. And if they're a legit company, then, yeah, let's let's support those guys and gals. That's a, that's a neat thing. So, Great. Good little tip, John. Thanks for finding that one. No problem. So, are you surprised, Rico? I mean, you and I have talked offline quite a bit about Kickstarter and Indiegogo projects, and I, I've, had, I've had some success with with backing projects and getting actually getting an item. You know, once they once they come to market. So, I'd, I don't really have a horror story per se, but I know there are plenty out there where people have backed things for you know substantial amounts of money and received nothing. Right, right. And that's scary. But, you know, you're taking a gamble and you want to see some of the things that uh, people's uh, imagination bring it to help them bring it to life. Right. I know I have I have three uh, Indiegogo campaigns that I'm that I backed now that I'm waiting on devices for. Um, So I'm curious to see, you know, 
you know, when that actually materializes. So, you know, you know, after, you know, you get a lot of the updates and you get all the, uh, factory pictures and so forth. And it looks like they're making progress, but who knows, just like with Scully, who, who knows what's going on on the back end, but hopefully they're, you know, a stand up company and they're really sh- striving to make, you know, their product, something that the consumers will need and use and enjoy. So, you know, that's, you know, that you hope that for any company that you're putting your money towards, even if you're a shareholder. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of a general warning to people because I think there's a misconception that, you know, Kickstarter and, and Indiegogo is like a store. I think people misunderstand it. They kind of think, well, I, you know, I give them $50 and they send me a widget. And it's, it's not, that's not the case at all. Like you're backing an idea and they're sort of offering you a reward if, and when they go to market. So there's nothing really tying them to giving you anything. You're really just, it's just a way of raising money through much smaller donations than trying to find like big investor funding. That That's really all it is. You're just, you're just funding an idea and they happen to be offering you a perk. End of story. Right. Yep. So, and it, you know, and, and our funding model is really no different. You know, Patreon is a, is a form of crowdsource funding, just that it's an ongoing stream. So, you know, we're producing something on an ongoing basis. We're not looking for a one-time lump of money. We just, you know, we need ongoing revenue to, you know, pay for web hosting and media processing and traveling around and, you know, running up to John so I can ride the glorious modus and things like that. <laughs> So it, it's stuff we need on an ongoing basis, and the rewards are are in the same fashion as Kickstarter and Indiegogo. We offer various incentives for people to contribute, like our our monthly production call that we do in our, our Slack group that's just blowing up with people having a, a great time in there. So, <laughs> and I, you know, I don't want to scare people off, but you just have to understand the model to which you're giving your money to. That's all. So in Indiegogo and right, right, Kickstarter and Indiegogo, right. Just understand, it's not a store. You are you are backing an idea, and right. you may get a reward. <laughs> right. Ours is a sure thing. Just talk to the first five, or uh, you know, Thanks. or or Micah. First five plus Micah. We can say that until we get another person. <laughs> right. <laughs> They'll tell you it's you know we're we're providing quite a nice reward for what. For what you for what you put in, you get quite a nice reward. That's what I'm trying oh. to say. And I think you know it's almost. Yeah, I enjoy just. It's like hanging out with your buddies all day long. In Slack, you know, yeah. what, you know what I'm saying. You, you know, we're talking about motorcycles. We're talking about what we're doing in our lives. It's a great, great thing that we out there, and, and yeah. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, and and I send out a little welcome email when people join and. And one of the taglines I put in there is, you know, think of our little private chat group as a social social media network that's done in private. So we can have conversations that, you know, you wouldn't have out in the open, you know, amongst like-minded people. So the, the other cool thing is to see the, the camaraderie build and the self-sustainability, if, if that's a word, where you know, a couple of people will jump in and they'll start talking back and forth and they don't necessarily need us at all. If we're there to chime in, you know, more, more salt to the, to the recipe, but 
it's a self-sustaining model. The more people in there, the more conversations there'll be, and it'll just get bigger and bigger. So it that 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 warms my heart. It's a great little great little park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also to throw in there, the guys we have in there are awesome. They're they're helping each other out, talking about stuff. I mean, uh, Chris is looking at a, a bike, and you know Zion is all the guys. Zion, Marcus, everybody's kind of like you know giving their two percent and saying, "Hey, think about this. What about this?" You know. So it's it's pretty awesome to. Yeah, for them all to kind of throw in there. So, it's a private social network. That's what I'm going to call it. Branding. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. So, cool. So, yeah, Scully's gone. There were shenanigans. We're sorry for the people that that ponied up money, you know, hard-earned money, most likely. So that's unfortunate. But thanks for finding that tip. And what was the company, John? Again, that's um, offering the concession. It's Fuser. F U S A R. Okay, and we'll put that in the show notes for sure. Yep, and kind of the other quick little thing is, you know, since they follow Chapter 7, people and investors, there's back and forth talk about if you've donated through um, through the fund promotion that they'll get their money back at all. So there could be a chance, but I don't know. They will or will not? Uh, most likely not, but there's kind of, if you read the article, there could be a way that they, it depends on how the court looks at it and rules on it. Yeah, generally with this kind of stuff, it depends on how they consider the debt or well, yeah, how well, they consider the money. Well, well given how they've, they've just blown everything and all the shenanigans and hooligans that they, they, they turn out to be, to be I mean, the, they should get some kind of uh, penalty. I would, I would want to see um, uh, for just blowing the money the way they did. And, you know, you blew the money. You knew you were supposed to be you know, producing a product for the people who invested in it, I think there should be some kind of recourse. I I would like to see the, the, the core system do that, but, you know, who's to say? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Time, I guess the old phrase, time will tell. We'll see what kind of class action and other lawsuits come down the road. But, yeah, you're 100% right, Rico. I, I could see some, some fines, and no, not fines, but I could see some penalties uh, coming down the road, some additional lawsuits for sure. Not not just the class action stuff. Right, right. Good stuff. Well, thanks, John. Thanks for digging that up. And and like we oh, said, man. that was a, kind of a reminder and an idea born right out of, right out of our uh, monthly production call. So, Rich, is there any events that we're going to be coming up anytime soon? Well, events-wise, I think we've just got Barber. That's kind of our big show. Six through the ninth. Six, seven, seven through the ninth. It's too many days. Yeah, seven through the ninth of October. Any mystery rides you're going to be doing, mister? We got to get Rico on a modus. <laughs> well, the cool thing is if you do it at Barber, you'll probably, well, you get to ride with Lee because he takes the group out. Exactly. So that'll be my perk. But you'll be there too, so it really won't matter. <laughs> well, but now, see, that part of the reason for me getting the ride now so, is that if no, there's only so one now, slot... You get it. No, now, you know, you'll be like, oh, you might want to do this. And you'll be trying to tell me how to ride the bike. No. <laughs> no, you no. lift the kickstand like this. No. Jeez. No. No. Will not. I won't say anything. Well, I take that back. Yeah. I will warn you about the <laughs> kickstand because <laughs> it lets the bike lean over quite a ways before it hits the ground. And it startled me. I was like, mm. oh, my God, the kickstand's not down. This bike's still going. It's still going. It's still going. And yeah. yeah, I I kind of got that that little uh, scare when I was at the factory sitting on it, 
So I was like, geez, another half inch on that kickstand would be wonderful. <laughs> it's like the KLR. The KLR has like the shortest kickstand for a bike that has like a 30 some inch seat height. You put the kickstand down and you swear the thing's just going to fall over. And then finally it hits the ground. You know, and the bike's sitting there leaning on like a 45 degree angle. <laughs> Right, right. I wonder what the reasoning behind that was. You know, there had to be some kind of reason the way that wall sits in the pan or something crazy. So that'd be a good question to ask Lee. Yeah, yeah. Why why do they want it to tip so far? But isn't it adjustable? Didn't he show, or was that just a prototype? They had an adjustable. Yeah, that that prototype was adjustable so they didn't have to retool it. Oh, gotcha. That'd be a nice feature because I'd put a crank in it for sure. But then you couldn't spin the bike around. On the put on the uh, kickstand. I wonder if that's what it is. If it's they wanted the bike to have a certain lean due to the way, you know, wherever the weight is and where the weight sits on the bike, that they didn't want it to be more straight up than that. Mm. That could be it. Maybe it's a fairly tall bike. You don't want this thing sitting straight up, but it has a center stand too, so you can use uh-huh. that. Interesting. Which I did not try to deploy. I w- uh-uh. I wasn't going to yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've never been a fan of this, the center stand, anyways. So yeah, it's interesting. That'll be the first thing to come off the FJ. Goodbye. Well, normally you put you engage that when you're off the bike, anyway. Yeah, that's for like maintenance, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Mm-hmm. But anyway, moving on. Yeah. Well, I have a funny story though about putting a bike on the kickstand and spinning it around. Uh huh. So you have infected my oldest son because <laughs> everything in the basement now has to be spun around on the kickstand. Bicycle, <laughs> mini bike, electric bike. He wants to spin my bike. It's like, he's like, he's trying to tell his younger brother. He's like, come on, look, I'm going to put it on the kickstand, you know, like Rico did. And I'm going to hold it and I'm going to spin it. Look, look, look. Like, Oh God, <laughs> you are too much. Too much. <laughs> that probably blew his mind when you saw that the first time. Yeah, he's just in awe over what you did. <laughs> well, so am I, to be honest. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. And him, him and his brother were, were role-playing tonight. So we were done with the nightly routine, and I was just kind of cleaning up. And they've got four bikes lined up on the dresser. One is a bagger which I'm assuming is a Roadmaster. The other one was some sort of Dyna, which is probably my bike. There was a sport bike. And then there was a dirt bike, a Kawasaki dirt bike. So I'm like, hmm, how's this going to play out? <laughs> so they're talking and then I hear, yeah, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with my bike. So I'm going to leave them here for a while. And then I'm going to come back in October though. And then we're going to ride. I'm like, oh dear God, they're playing a Rico <laughs> scenario in the bedroom. <laughs> Nice. Nice. I like this is funny. Too funny. Yeah, like time for bed. Wrap it up. (laughs) (laughs) Hard telling what else you guys have heard. Go to bed. No, I know. Too funny. That's awesome. All right. I gotta I gotta bring them something back. Yeah, that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. All right, gentlemen. I think I'm worn out. I need another brew and we need a downshift. So I would like to take another moment to thank our patrons for their continued support. 
And as we always say, all of our patrons are riding their own. And if you would like to ride your own, check out loudpipes.net slash donate and click on that Patreon image. Show notes including links and images of that beautiful modus MST can be found on our website, loudpipes.net slash 56. And in addition to show notes, you'll find links to leave us feedback, subscribe to the show, and follow us on social media. Gentlemen? Yeah. Kick stands up. Let's do it. Time to ride out? Let's go, guys. All right. Take care, everyone. This has been an RDub Studio production. Check us out at rdubstudios.com, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio.